When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome back to the Legend Roo Cycling Podcast for Flesh Will On Women. The recap, uh, the start was insanely early, different to the other races. We've got Roubaix on a different day. This starts at the crack of dawn, just about in Europe. So it actually starts really cold, uh, from what I understand. This is in the Walloon region, Benji. Am I correct? Correct. Yes, okay. around Liège. But it's, what's it called in Dutch? Oh, no, that Volschepeil? Uh, Walsapel, yeah, you're right. Jesus, you're I'm actually getting the uh, Wollingi level seven at this point, or I'm on a streak of Dutch, obviously. <laughs> but here we have uh, SD Works have dominated this race with Hannah van der Breggen for like seven times in a row. She won, but then Cavalli broke the SD Works streak last year. Vollering was their big leader for this steep finish. She's their best Ardennes rider. She just won Amstel Gold, and this is the middle part of the Triple Crown, the Ardennes Triple Crown. But we've got Leanna Lippert, who's good here. Riolini in her first edition for Trek Segafredo. I was keen to see how she would go. Mulman now in AG Insurance is good on these finishes. Van Vlerten, etc. But the profile, 127Ks. They do the Murder Wee three times. The Cote Cherev twice. So that's 1,500 meters at 7.3%. And it crests 5.5Ks from the Murder Wee, which... It is not that long. The two climbs pretty close together, and the Murder Wee itself is 1k 11.6% with a really steep section in the hairpin or the corner at about 500, 600 meters to go. But yeah, who'd you. Cavalli was someone that I was really hoping Benji would be, you know, good in this race after she won last year, but she's just not been the same since the crash, unfortunately. You're right. That crash last year really hit her, and. We've seen her recover now for the last period, and obviously concussion and so forth included in that. Has turned into a month-long recovery, a month-long recovery, now half a year-long recovery. And at this point, I just hope that we once again see Marta Cavalli at some point at her prime. Whether that's this year, I don't really care. I'm fine if it's next year. I just want to see her at her prime again in the future, because that that hit that she got by Nicole Frain, which I'm pretty sure that she never really got or relegated or anything for well that that hindered her career a lot this year but that being said they still have a triple Ludwig in that team which on paper for this finish would fit but last few weeks i didn't feel like triple Ludwig was really competitive in the races that we were watching and i guess we'll see today if that's the case but to be honest pleasure will on starts and um it starts with a breakaway for rides up road anderson nealon christoforu and ella harris but this break is gonna get caught you know that and this brings us to a triple Ludwig instantly because Ludwig narrowly avoids a traffic sign with roughly 44k to go. This is like before we get to the second last move of and so forth. And some other people will actually crash into that sign. It was, you know, extra that crashes into that sign, but still remains upright somehow. Like the, the sign is completely evaporated, but that rider is still in one piece on the bike, which is shocking. But Utrecht Ludwig, I don't know if she actually went down, but she continued forward from that point. I think Cavalli dropped back at that point. And this is, 
just before we get to the next climb. And the interesting part is, we got a bit of a split in the peloton, and I couldn't tell whether it was from the crash or whether it was from the climb itself that came afterwards, because Guy Realini, a rider that would be pretty good for Trek on this terrain, is in the second group, and online sources are telling me, oh, she waited on Dignan. I don't believe that. There's no bloody way that that Guy Realini is waiting on Dignan at this point, who was in that second group. I'm pretty sure she was probably just out positioned, maybe because of the crash, right? Yeah, and also Riolini, you know, while she might not have dropped back for Diagnon, mm -hmm. I didn't really see, particularly in the final, a concerted effort from the other Trek teammates to position Guy Riolini. So she's at a significant weight disadvantage for the majority of the parkour, except the murder we. And if she loses a wheel on a false flat downhill and they're pushing it, it's a huge effort for her to come back. Um, yeah. That's why she's so talented because she can most of the time she does and in the crosswind she was good in the Middle East, but that's probably what happened. And also I don't think Trek surrounded her with Van Anroy or Lisa Longaborghini. I don't think she had clear leadership here. I think it was co leadership with Elisa Longaborghini, whether that's right or wrong based on ELB's current form. I would say wrong. But you know, that's she's young, that's the hierarchy. Uh, but she got some damn big watts per kilo. Anyway. Murder we uh, with 37 Ks to go. AVV goes early again, Benji. She did this the other day in Amstel, right? With uh, so many Ks left. Exactly. What do you think, why do you think she's doing this? Does she think she knows she's not in the shape where if it comes down to just a head-to-head -head in the Murder we against following, she's got no chance? Is this to put Lipid in a seat? What's the rationale for this? I think both of those options are exactly what leads to this because you're saying Lippert has as the rider that is more punchy at the moment, we will fit more for Lippert at the moment than it does for Van Vleuten, especially in the form that they are currently in. And add to that the fact that Van Vleuten might not be overly confident in her abilities to follow a Volering on the last climb alone, that type of stuff. So I would say that's the reason. I also heard, I think I read from Matt Mitchell on Twitter that Annemiek Van Vleuten, in preparation of this race the day before, took a completely flat, shorter recon while the other riders in the team went on hills and so forth. And he suggested that would be because maybe an early attack would come as a consequence. Now, it really turned no, out... because she's be, on but... her own team. <laughs> she doesn't know Lippis on her team yet. <laughs> what well, are we, four months in? We'll, we'll get to that at the end. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I will say, I do think it's a good strategy. As in, I do think yep. Van Vleuten should go early and Lippert should be used for the last climb. In the same way that in the men's side, last year, Evenepoel should have gone early, while Alaphilippe would be the one for the final climb in Murdoch. And they just used Evenepoel to position Alaphilippe, which I, I found stupid. Now, well, I like well, that Van Vleuten. Yeah. Well, I think because SD works, they only got five riders yep. here. One's a leader, and no disrespect to them, but the SD Works classic Cobble Classics juggernaut mm -hmm. are a lot harder to put under pressure early. And I think if Royster drops early on the steep climbs and they've worked with Bredevold and Co. or Neve Fisher Black, then you can have a situation where, like, yeah, Neve Fisher Black is chasing an AVV on the flat. And that's a really good situation if you're another team, if you're a Movistar. So, yeah, it makes sense. Trek tried the same thing. Uh, with Van Enroy and Sprat, and Sprat got a decent gap, but once again, Benji, no one, f SD Works did do a fair bit of the chasing, yep. but then AG kind of started helping as well. Yep. 
there were situations where groups got ahead, eh? like we just said it, Yannick van Vleuten move uh, was with Niviadoma and Longo Borghini and Molman, and when that happened, it was Reusser and Volring that solved it. That was on the, uh, the second last Mudehui. And Reusser, I feel like I see this often. I think we said it in Amstel as well, where Bredewold attacked and then dropped back to pace. Yeah. I feel like Reusser did a bit of an attacking move before she started pacing after this Mudehui, which an attack would never work. Like, the gap is significant enough that she can't just bridge it on her own, even with the best D-tier at the moment activeness at her. Like, she should just pace, and that's what she does, and she gets close, and Volring takes over, which is often useful, because you mentioned this a lot when, when teams are pacing to try and get their leader back into the race, that the leader should also try and help a tiny bit to make sure it's actually possible to, to catch the front group. Whether it's a bit too early to do that here is, is something that can be questioned, but they catch those riders. And what I like about the next part is that the other teams don't sit down and just are like, oh, we got caught. Let's just sit down and wait for Mirdehui at this point. We see Trek rolling attacks with Van Androoy with Sprat, and Sprat gets a bit of a gap. There's like a chasing group once again with once again an AG insurance team rider. Hekier in there, Bauenfeind, uh, rider on uh, Canyon, which is a very solid talent. Last year she came from the Generation team and rolled up podiums in every single race she rode. I think Magnaldi was in that trio as well, who was chasing Sprat. Gap was so significant after a bit a minute ten towards the, the Peloton group where Volring was, and Movistar was the one helping then. So to come back to your point of teams helping FD works, it's kind of logical, I think, at this point in the race that a Movistar is helping, but on the other end, maybe they would have been better off if they were in that group ahead in the first place. Yeah, and I guess Lippitz on for a good result, but yeah, it's... SD works kind of get bailed out a little bit. It's kind of sometimes people chase for UAE or Yumbo when they shouldn't in classics in the men's races and SD works get bailed out a little bit, although Royce was strong. I forgot. <laughs> Imagine if Royce was in the chase group for Kapeki and Paru Bay. Could have been a completely different race if she made it. Anyway, the gap is 47 seconds. It's coming down. Then that we see from a front on shot on a short descent before the Sharav climb. We've got two climbs, Sharav and then murder we in the space of 7Ks. We see in the front on shot, the peloton, a lot of dominoing on the front. And I'm like, ooh, that's, what's going on? Has there been a crash? There wasn't. And then maybe the flow-on effect of that at the back is, um, there is a crash with Ludwig going yeah. down. She bounces back up to Lee style. Yeah, and crazy. And her rear derailleur, though, is just completely off the bike. So that's her out of the race. Exactly. And this time around, Cavalli's still in the group. Because Cavalli actually came back to that group. We see that at the Italian Bonds. I was like, where's Cavalli? Where's Cavalli? Will we finally see Cavalli again? But I'm afraid uh, she wasn't overly decisive from this point onwards. But you're right. That crash happened with Utrepludwig. And at this point, Movistar still pacing eh? in, that, in that Peloton group. Whatever's left of the Peloton after that crash. And the gap to spread has gone down to 20 seconds. That other group has been caught. And, and then we get to the court, the Sharaf. And I'm like, hmm, what's going to happen? Volring still has teammates here, Nefisher Black is still in this group, so Brave whoever old. rolls attacks on this group, the Volring squad should be able to somewhat handle it, but then again, if a big rider goes, they might not be able to, but we get the opposite, right? We get Demi Volring pacing. It's where the, the race goes from, everything we've talked about up to this point kind of makes sense, yeah. and this is where the race just goes completely to, I have no idea the rationale for what a lot of these riders are doing. Why? 
Volering is superior to everyone here, we think, and she probably knows. And you'd have to know or think that for what she does next. So why would you isolate yourself when you have Bread of Old and Fisher Black and whoever on the Cote de Charave where you have a descent afterwards, two, three k's of flat, and then the run into the murder wee, which is only a k to go. And she just hard paces, doesn't attack, hard paces, Cote de Charave, 1.5k, 10%, catches Spratt in the process yep. with all the other top favourites on her wheel. And importantly, ELB is put on a gap. Van Vleuten is put on a gap. If you're put on a gap on the Cote de Charave before the murder wee, when Volering's not even attacking, you ain't winning this race. No chance. So that's important for what happens next. Why Volering did that, I have absolutely no idea. It makes because no sense to me. Um, she isolates herself. She did. Yeah. Completely. She has no domestiques left, and she puts herself in a position where she can get rolled attack upon. If, for example, there's teams in that group that now have multiple riders, these teams should 100% roll attacks on Volering from this point onwards. We're now... 6.5 kilometers from the finish line. There's a, a 4K section now with a, a bit of a descent, but not the descent where you can't attack. Where This is a descent where you can attack, in my opinion. Yeah. And then a flat portion as well, before we get to the Murahui, where you once again still with can roll With furniture. Exactly. And, well, simply, let me go through this group for a second once again. You just uh, said it, but we've got Demi Volring pacing, Nivia Dolmas in this group. Most importantly, Lippert and Annemiek van Vleuten on the same team. And next to that, Gaia Raelini, and also Elisa Longoborghini from the same team. And the other riders are riders with only one rider per team. So, no, and Shabby for Canyon. Oh, Shabby, you're right. Shabby and Niviadoma also both in this, in this group as well. So that's three teams with two riders who can roll attacks on Volring. And let's be honest about it. No one does a thing. Uh, Canyon tried once by accident. That Shabby was on the other side of the road, yeah. realized no one was on her wheel. Volring's literally stopped pacing. It's a false flat descent where it's a good place if you're carrying momentum from behind to attack. Shabby goes on the other side of the road and then Volring closed it down. And I'm looking, I'm like, ADV's just got dropped on Cote de Charave. Lippert's really good on this finish. Van Vleuten is not winning this race. In fact, her best chance to win this race herself is to go now. Yep. I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Nothing sits in the group. I'm looking at Trek. Riolini cannot be the one to attack. She weighs 40 kilos. If she, like, Volering will close it in five pedal strokes. And she's their, probably their best climber for the finish. ELB was put on a gap on Cote de Charave. She's the bigger engine. ELB has to be the one to sacrifice herself on the flat to force Volering to close herself as long as possible on the flat, going full gas before the murder we with Riolini in the wheels. Van Vleuten the same with Lippert in the wheels because if Volering can basically freewheel to the base of Murder Wee, then what happened on Cote de Charave will just be exacerbated on the steeper gradients. And I don't know whether it was because I saw people on the radio and I don't know what the DSs are saying. Uh, to be honest, you don't really need, frankly, a Agreed. DS to tell you in this situation. It's very obvious. Like, SD works isolated, you have teammates, roll them. Yep. And who should roll them? The bigger rider, who's less likely to win on the final climb. So Van Vleuten, I don't know whether it was selfishness, because listen, if Van Vleuten loses 50 seconds on his final climb, I can't be as 
strict in the criticism because she might literally have been, couldn't do anything. But she didn't. She had something left in the tank. And she didn't. And so her and Lippert, there's just no chemistry, sacrifice for the other, particularly on Van Lurten's end. And I think if it didn't come from the car, then it's just selfishness. It's, it's so weird because when you see the situation, I fully agree with you. It's not just the DS. Like, people might have the instant response of, it's the DS's fault. I also agree that the DS should say, one of you needs to attack, and it needs to be Van Vleuten, because Lippert has the best chance on the final climb. Needs to happen 100%, in case there's no signal or something. Let's pretend that there's no signal, because my 4G stops working sometimes in Wallonia as yeah. well. Well, oh, then... Beef. That, that's not a roast. It's true. Do you have a different <laughs> SIM cards? Do you have to turn roaming on no, 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 when you go to Valonia? No. <laughs> I've got roaming turned on anyway. Uh, <laughs> but just in case. But uh, uh, so basically, the DSs, even if that signal doesn't come from the DS, as a rider, you should know that. Like, you're in this group. Now, the other factor that you could ask is, are they completely empty? That's the one you mentioned as well. And I also agree with you. They're not completely empty at this point, in my opinion. Also because Volring set up in that descent. Maybe a longer Borghini seemed more empty than a Van Vleuten yeah. based on the result on the final climb. That's in hindsight. But I can also imagine that the factor that Volring sits up in the descent, the tempo goes down so significantly that the, that the group behind comes back, there must be some recovery there, right? She, she could have tried to attack. And because then, she's still trying on the base of Murder Wee. And when Van Anroy comes back, Group 2 comes back, yeah. which was miles behind. Group 2 comes back. Van Anroy, I was like, oh, she's going to go over the top. You know when Wout brought Rolich yeah. back on the Grenon descent and the, the, the speed difference is so much? I thought Van, Van Anroy was going to go over the top. Yeah. And she just goes to the front, starts pacing, not with Riolini in the wheel. Yeah. Riolini's like moving herself up on the right hand side. So Trek disaster class, Movistar disaster class, and when they got to the murder, base of the murder Wii, everyone's six wide, because the pace had been, no one's really taken it upon themselves, there's no SD works rider to position Volering. I was like I hope Volering wins even though her yeah. strategy moved a little bit um, perplexing to me, but maybe she knew they wouldn't try roller and predictably Benji, it happens, she goes to the front, Van der Breggen style starts Literally looks at probably her power and just does the fastest murder we she can possibly do. Lippet starts on a gap, which is crucial here. She like, starts the climb on a gap. How did that happen at the start of murder we? Like, was it positioning wise? Because Niviadoma went to the front and a rider from Canyon in her wheel drops the gap, but Volring's with Niviadoma and those two just ride off for a bit. Like, yeah. how does that happen? If you're Lippet, how can you let that happen? Because I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't know the answer to that. But basically Volering, yeah, gets this gap given to her. She also like Riolini probably doesn't have the initial surge to close it. She's in a group now. There's a group with Van Vlurten, Riolini, Lippert, Mavi Garcia chasing. Mav Lippert looks the strongest. She's chasing herself on the steep section. Volering drops Niviodoma off the wheel who's gone over her limit. But Lippert's coming back like on the climb, at a decent speed, but she's having to close such a big gap herself on the steeper section. So she's doing so many watts above her threshold, gets to Volering's wheel, 
And I was like, ooh, we might have a race anyways. Doesn't happen. Bollering goes again, paced it perfectly, entered in good position, drops Lippet off the wheel, and goes clear to win by five seconds ahead of Lippet on Murder Wee. Riolini paced it well, seven seconds behind in third. Huge result for her. Maver Garcia fourth. Muzic fifth, who we didn't see much of. Mulman sixth. Van Vleuten seventh, all on 10 seconds. Then Persico, Shabby, and Kastelein tenth. I don't know if Kastelein was in the group one after Shereva, whether she came back in group two. Uh, Elisa Longo-Borghini finishes on 44 seconds. And Nuvia Doma finishes 11th. So her and Shabby finished 9th and 11th. Lisa yeah. Longoborghini finished on 44 seconds. So, yeah, vol- listen, all tactics discussion aside, Vollering is by far the best here. Yeah, yeah. That's why the tactics discussion had to happen because she's so much better that you just cannot have a realistic expectation of winning if you go to the base with her and she hasn't had to chase down five attacks. And like the instant response then is like of like, of people like, oh, but Volering was the strongest she would have won anyway. Or at Amstel, Pogacar was the strongest. So he would have won anyway, regardless of what other teams tried. But you want to optimize your chances to win, no? So you might as well get the best strategy out of your pocket that you can instead of just gifting it to a Volering. Because I feel like in the last six kilometers, they they basically told Volering, well, you can have it. <laughs> well. The difference between Poggett, I'm still, to be honest, I don't know how the fuck you beat him there. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> that was, I, the, uh, yeah, I agree, Ineos but he didn't can help. Give him more of a competition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, but here, the difference between Lippet and Volering, it's not 20%. Yeah. Lippet had to close this huge gap herself. And if she, listen, would it have been different if for 4Ks, Vollering has to chase Annemiek van Vleuten on the flat, full gas, the whole time, doing her threshold before Murderwee with Lippert in the wheel. Probably. And then Lippert enters. Would it have been closer? Could it have been different? I think so. Yeah. It's definitely not going to have hurt Lippert's chances, but, I mean, Vollering put herself in a sticky situation. No one took advantage of it, and she wins her second of the Ardennes uh, triple with Liège coming up this weekend. Should she attack early on in Liège? She probably will. I don't know when she'll go, but um, yeah, clinic from her. Is there anything else from this race, Benji? I guess I I think the teams need to be realistic at Liège. Like Vollering is a cut above right now, and if you go to Rochefoucauld, no, what's the last one? Redoute. Yeah, uh, you go to Redoute. Last one. Okay, you go to the last base, the last one with Vollering, she's going to cook you if she's yeah. fresh. So, to buy something around that. Yeah, certainly. And I'm, I am looking forward to LBL, but we first got the men's flesh coming also uh, this afternoon. And in all honesty, I kind of hope that a Pogacar goes early in the same way that Von Vleuten does. But in reality, I don't think he will necessarily need to. Doesn't matter. Can't win. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna keep it up, and if he if he crosses the line first, what will he do? Well, I'll say he's a dollar fifty favorite anyway. So <laughs> anyone predicting that he was winning, you know, it's the obvious pick. So uh, yeah, I'm wrong. I'm still right. Not really. Um, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, flash for line. Credit to Volering for making it a little bit interesting, but um, yeah, just food for thought. I think 
Molman looked good, entered in bad position. Riolini. Can Riolini do anything in Liège, Benji? She won. She already won a, a one-day race, a 1-1 one -one Italian race with Spratt. She came third here, second on her feet. Should have been given the win. Is Liège <laughs> better or worse for her than Flesh? I think Flesh is actually better for her with just a steep, nasty yeah. finish. I think so as well. Partially because I think the team will already just decide that she's not all-out leader for LBL in the first place. But that being said, I agree that the parkour would fit better for Flesh, knowing that it's like a steep watt per kilo test at the end. That being said, there's more flat in Flesh Wallon, but it's also not ridden at the same pace than the flat in between the climbs on LBL. You know? Like, the first 75% of Flesh is not at threshold for it to say, you know? Well, yeah. in LBL it's going to be really tough. What I would like to see is maybe Realini uh, anticipate in the same way that a Dignan did uh, when she won, for example. Um, that kind of scenario I would like seeing. Is Kopecky riding it, by the way? Because I feel like I would like to see Kopecky uh, go early as well in the same way that Dignan did. Or do you feel like Kopecky could win it regardless if she stays with the favorite group as well? Not on her program. Not on Sad. her program. She probably doesn't want to ride for Volering again. She's only done seven race days. Um, but it, she, I mean, pretty good ones though. Yeah, she's done pretty well. Three wins in those. <laughs> um, Should have won Roubaix. So Volering for TDFF looking good. She's probably the favorite right now, given her AVV shape. That's probably the other big takeaway from the Ardennes so far. Obviously, it's a long time until July. Shape can change, and the women's race starts the end of July. So we have three full months and a bit. But Volering, to be honest, is looking better than AVV. Um, so that at least is good news for competitiveness yeah. in uh, on the Tourmalet in the Tour de France Femme avec Swift later on. Anything else, Benji? Not really. Looking forward All to right. it very much. Watch Tour of the Alps now. Then Flesh Will Own Men jam-packed schedule oh. today. Until the recap of Flesh Will Own Men later this afternoon. Ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.